You're with Julian on the Brown Note and Pakistan and the crucifixion of Imran Khan. This is a massive international story that is bubbling under the surface and occasionally getting attention about the removal at the behest of America of the leader of the probably the most powerful Muslim nation on earth, Pakistan, with 220 million people. And off the top of my head, the only nuclear weaponry armed Muslim nation on earth. Um, Imran Khan, a famed cricketer uh, and socialite, uh, went from his days of marrying the British heiress Jemima Khan, have ended up becoming the Prime Minister of Pakistan. And as far as powerful Muslim rulers go, he was a remarkably progressive guy. I'm not saying that he was without fault, but he uh, presided over a shrinking current account deficit, limited... If you want to know why he's removed from power, he limited defence spending to curtail the fiscal deficit. When have you ever heard of that happening in the West? What? When's the last time you heard of an American pol uh, president lessening the amount of expenditure on, on weapons uh, or the defence budget? Uh, leading to some general economic growth. He enacted policies that increased tax collection and investment. His government committed to renewable energy transition um, and expanded protected areas of Pakistan. Uh, the COVID pandemic caused uh, economic turmoil and rising inflation. I remember doing an article many, many years ago about how 40 cents of every dollar earned in Pakistan was spent on American debt or World Bank debt or international monetary fund debt. Uh, and the incredible economic damage that that had done to the country. Uh, and I think it might have been around the times of the Mumbai terror attacks where very little is made about, everything's made about the ideology of terrorists. And these guys have basically been promised something like 100 grand for doing it. Uh, and they, they were people that were just economically left on the sidelines that um, were reacting to the economics of the situation as much as anything else. But recently, Khan is Khan's been removed uh, amid a constitutional lot of reading this one. Amid a constitutional crisis, Khan became the first prime minister to be removed from office through a no confidence vote in April 2022. Uh, in August, Jaskani was charged under anti-terror laws after accusing the police and judiciary of detaining and torturing an aide. The idea is that Pakistan's military are all powerful and work in conjunction with the judiciary. Uh, and politicians are less powerful, and that the military itself is extremely in bed with America. Um, in August, he was charged... Uh, sorry, uh, Khan was disqualified in October by the Election Commission of Pakistan from taking office for the current term of the National Assembly of Pakistan regarding the Toshikana reference case. Uh, in November, he survived an assassination attempt in Punjab. On May, in May 2023, Khan was arrested on corruption charges at the Islamabad High Court by paramilitary troops who smashed their way into the courthouse. Protests broke out throughout Pakistan, resulting in the arrests of thousands of Khan supporters, along with military installations being ransacked. After his release, he blamed the chief of staff, Asim Munir, for his arrest. He was sentenced to a three-and-a-half-year jail term after being found guilty of his misuse of his premiership to buy and sell gifts. Um, 
that that was suspended, but Khan still remained incarcerated in connection with a diplomatic cipher case, and this is the bit, the big element, where he stood accused of leaking state secrets and violating the Official Secrets Act. On 30th of Jan, just gone, a court sentenced him to 10 years in prison after finding him guilty of making public the contents of a secret cable sent by Pakistan's ambassador in Washington to the government of Islamabad. And that's the, that's the crux of this whole matter. Khan has on multiple occasions alleged that a foreign conspiracy was trying to topple his government. In an address to the nation, he accused the USA of conspiring against his government. Uh, 30th of March 2022, the High Court in Islamabad ruled that publishing the contents of a diplomatic cable from the outgoing Pakistani ambassador, uh, which Khan described as containing threats from the United States, would violate his oath of office. The Pakistani Armed Forces and the Ministry of Information and Broadcasting rejected Khan's allegation as fake propaganda. How can you get convicted of revealing state secrets that they say are fake propaganda? Either they're fake propaganda or you reveal true state secrets. You can't have both. The US State Department repeatedly denied the US government had engaged... The, the, the document said basically this, that all will be forgiven for Imran Khan not towing the line on punishing Russia over the invasion of Ukraine all be forgiven if you remove him from office with the alleged content of the of the uh, document that Khan's been sent to jail for 10 years for. Several international media also found out the allegation to be implausible and alleged that it had been invented by Khan to stoke up anti-American sentiment in the country. However, according to a leaked classified Pakistani cable published by the Intercept magazine in August 2023, at a March 7, 2022 meeting, the US State Department encouraged the Pakistani government to remove Imran Khan from office because he was neutral on the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Neutral, not even pro-Russia. Um, there's a brilliant article about this uh, from, and again, I say, if the article, if the thing that he was waving around to a crowd was fake, how can you then be sent to prison for 10 years for revealing state secrets? They do, doesn't add up. This is from Jeffrey D. Sachs from Common Dreams. It's, a very, it's doing the rounds, and it's a very, very good article. A principal instrument of U.S. foreign policy is covert regime change, meaning a secret action by the U.S. government to bring down the government of another country. There are strong reasons to believe US actions led to the removal of power of Pakistan's Prime Minister Imran Khan in April 2022, followed by his arrest on trumped-up charges of corruption and espionage and sentencing this week to 10 years of imprisonment and more years for illegally being married to his wife. By the way, he's got another sentence. The political objective is to block Pakistan's most popular politician from returning to power in elections being held in two days' time, February the 8th. The key to covert operations, of course, is that they are secret and hence deniable by the US government. Even when the evidence comes to light through whistleblowers or leaks, as it very often does, and Imran Khan is being treated a little bit Julian Assange, isn't he? The US government rejects the authenticity of the evidence and the mainstream media generally ignore the story because it contradicts the official narrative. 
because editors at mainstream outlets don't want to peddle conspiracy theories or are simply happy to be mouthpieces for officialdom. Covert regime change by the US is shockingly routine. One authoritative study by Boston University uh, professor Lindsay O'Rourke counts 64 covert regime changes since the Cold War began in 1947. And in fact, the number was far larger because she chose to count repeated attempts within one country as a single episode. Look at Venezuela. How many times have they tried to overthrow the government of Venezuela or Syria or Libya and got away with that one? Since the US regime change operations have remained frequent, such as when President Obama tasked the CIA with overthrowing Syria's President Bashar al-Assad, the covert operation remained secret until seven years after, several years after the operation, and even then was ignored by mainstream media. From the US perspective, neutral is a fighting word. All of this brings us to Pakistan, another case where evidence points strongly to US-led regime change. In this case, the US desired to bring down the government of Prime Minister Imran Khan, the charismatic, talented and hugely popular leader in Pakistan, renowned for both his world-leading cricket mastery and his common touch with the people. His popularity, independence and enormous talent make him a prime target of the US, which frets about popular leaders who don't fall into line with US foreign policy. Imran Khan's sin was to be too cooperative with Vladimir Putin and Chinese President Xi Jinping, while also seeking normal relations with the United States. The great mantra, and that's what happened with the Ukrainian uh, prime, uh, the leader of Ukraine, who was ousted by a US-backed coup in 2013. He was trying to be friendly with both Russia and America. Big sin. The great mantra of US foreign policy and the activating principle of the CIA is that a foreign leader is either with us or against us. Leaders who try to be neutral amongst the great powers are at dire risk of losing their positions or even their lives. Leaders seeking neutrality dating back to Patrice Lumumba of Zaire, Norodom Shinok, Cambodia, Yanukovych, the one that was uh, Yanukovych, the one who was removed from Ukraine, and many others have been toppled when they're not so hidden hand of the US government. Uh, like many leaders in the developing world, Khan does not want to break relations with either Russia or the US over the Ukraine war. By sheer coincidence of prior scheduling, Khan happened to be in Moscow to meet Putin on the day Russia launched the special military operation. From the start, Khan ag advocated that the conflict in Ukraine should be settled at the negotiating table. The US and the European Union arm twisted foreign leaders, including Khan, to fall in line against Putin and support the West. Uh, but Khan resisted the sanctions against Russia. Khan probably sealed his fate on March 6 when he held a large rally in northern Pakistan. At the rally, he berated the West and especially the 22 EU ambassadors for pressuring him to condemn Russia at the United Nations and excoriated NATO's war against terror in next-door Afghanistan as having been utterly devastating to Pakistan. Khan told the cheering crowds, EU ambassadors wrote a letter to us asking us to condemn and vote against Russia. What do you think of us? Are we your slaves? That whatever you say we will do? He added, we are friends with Russia and we are also friends with America. We are friends with China and with Europe. We are not in any camp. 
Pakistan would remain neutral and would work with those trying to end the war in Ukraine. Imagine trying to end the war in Ukraine. The grim follow-up for Khan was revealed in August last year. Uh, just one day after the rally, uh, Assistant Secretary of State for the Bureau of South and Central Asian Affairs, Donald Liu, met in Washington with Pakistan's ambassador to the U.S., Assad Majid Khan. Following the meeting, Ambassador Khan sent a secret cable back to Islamabad, which was then leaked by the inter to the Intercept by a Pakistani military official. The cable recounts how Assistant Secretary Liu berated Prime Minister Khan for his neutral stance. The cable quotes Liu as saying that people here and in Europe are quite concerned about why Pakistan is taking such an aggressively neutral position. Aggressively neutral. That's one hell of a combination of words. It does not seem such a neutral stand to us. Liu then conveyed the bottom line to Ambassador Khan. I think if the no-confidence vote against the Prime Minister succeeds, all will be forgiven in Washington because the Russia visit is being looked on as a decision by the Prime Minister. Otherwise, it's going to be tough going ahead. Five weeks later, on April 10, with the US blunt threat hanging over the powerful Pakistani military and with the military's hold over the Pakistani parliament, they ousted Khan in a no-confidence vote. And within weeks, the new government followed with brazenly manufactured corruption charges. He's now been convicted of these charges to an unconscionable 10 years. And the US government has remained completely silent. Pakistan will therefore hold elections on February 8th with its most popular democratic leader in prison and Khan's party the subject of relentless attacks, political murders, media blackouts and other heavy-handed repression. In all of this, the US government is utterly complicit, so much for America's democratic values. It has now deeply destabilized a nuclear-armed nation of 240 million people. Uh, that's from Jeffrey Sachs, a brilliant article which is well worth reading uh, and checking all of the notes on. But um, an astonishing thing, like we had in Australia, Gough Whitlam removed by a coup. Um, because of his not wanting to have CIA bases in Australia, basically, and being deemed a threat. And you can be deemed a threat not for supporting Vladimir Putin, but for not wanting to vote against Russia and make them your enemy, even when you're trying to be friends with the US. Like, the level of kowtowing you have to do is just jaw-dropping. Um, and what's happened to Imran Khan, who's now been convicted of allegedly marrying his wife too soon after she was divorced and has received multiple years on top of his 10-year sentence um that this can happen so in public and without so much as a murmur from most of our media is disgusting